Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're so blessed that you could join us tonight. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll jump right into today's broadcast. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you thanking you, praising you for the opportunity to study your word. For your word is life and light to all who find it. Lord, as we study your word, we pray that the life contained in your scriptures, in your word given to us, that the word that became flesh lives in us. Open the scriptures to us. Give us wisdom and understanding that we may be blessed so we can be a blessing. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Last time we were together, we studied part one of our covenant blessings, our covenant right to prosper. And some people, you know, they're, oh, there goes prosperity preacher. Rah, 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 rah. No, I think if you listen to that broadcast, if you didn't, go back to the archives and listen to it. We established in part one our covenant right to prosper. Covenant rights based upon the blood covenant, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes uh, you'll hear... People talk about, well, that's all the American church talks about is prosperity. Well, in a lot of cases, that's true. But that prosperity message about the blood covenant can be preached in Africa and India and, and other places as well. Well, Brother Bob, how could they be blessed with prosperity? You know, they're so poor over there. Well, didn't Jesus say in Luke chapter 4, that I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He went on to talk about, you know, uh, preach recovery of sight to the blind. Uh, let's turn over. That'll be our scripture tonight. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Glory to God. Let's look at what Jesus said he was anointed to do. And by default, we as Christians are anointed to do that as well. Amen. Uh, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. All right. Was Jesus the Son of God prior to the Holy Spirit come upon him when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River? 
Yes, he was the son of God. He was uh, all man, all human, and all God. But why didn't he do any miracles up until that time that he was anointed? Because of the anointing. He had God's DNA inside him, but when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, now he was anointed to do the miracles, anointed to do his ministry. What did his ministry consist of? He has anointed me to preach. That's number one. To preach what, Brother Bob? The gospel to the poor, the good news to the poor. So many preachers have said that, oh, that's just talking about being born again. You know, yes, that's true. That's part of the gospel. That's part of the good news. But go on and read a little bit further. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, those that had broken hearts, that thought that there was no hope for any improvement. What was Jesus anointed to do? To heal their broken hearts. To tell them it's all right. God loves you. It's going to be all right. What else? To preach deliverance to the captives. Those that had been bound captive, either in slavery or, or because they were in debt prison or, or just captive to uh, the strongholds of Satan. Jesus came to preach deliverance to the captives. You don't have to be held by that bondage anymore. Preach recovery of sight to the blind, to heal Blind people that do healing miracles. What is good news to a blind person? Well, they can see. What's good news to the woman who was all bowed over for 18 years in the temple? Jesus laid hands on her and she was instantly healed. What was good news to her? She was healed. Actually, when uh, Jesus questioned the temple authorities, the Pharisees, he said, shouldn't this woman who's a daughter of Abraham, in other words, she has an Abrahamic covenant right to healing. Shouldn't she be healed, even if it's the Sabbath day? And that's when he commanded her to be healed. But what was good news to her? What was the gospel to her? She didn't have to be sick anymore. He is also anointed to set at liberty them that are bruised, those who've been hurt. Physical healing. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of the Jubilee. A lot of people equate that with being debt free, you know, released from creditor debts and all that. That's a very small part of it. To the Jew, the Jubilee meant everything. Family lands were restored. Uh, they were set free. They, if they were in debt, yes, they are now debt free. They have the capability of buying back family lands that, that, may have been sold during that past 50 years. That's good news to the Jewish people, that the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of God's grace and his mercy was there. Jesus says, he is our jubilee. Amen? So, to start with, since all these other people had good news preached to them, what is good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore. Now, does that mean that you need to be rich? No, that's not what it says. It says, good news to the poor person. You don't have to struggle anymore. Your days of struggling financially are over if you are a born-again child of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Acts 10.38. Glory to God. The book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 30. I could spend weeks just preaching on this one scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. There it is again. The anointing that came upon Jesus. And it was published throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all, all that were oppressed, of the, not just those who were made sick, everyone who was oppressed of the devil. Are you under oppressive debt right now? I have good news for you. You if you are a born-again child of God, you have the anointing to break that yoke of bondage of debt in the name of Jesus. But you have to do what Jesus tells you to do. Amen. Again, back to Acts 10.38. Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which he did. Amen. We are to be a witness. You can only be a witness to things you know about. Amen? You cannot be a witness to something you don't know about. I used an illustration last week in, in the sermon I was preaching. Let's say a murder had taken place. You didn't witness the murder. You didn't hear the gunshots. You didn't see anything. But you were outside taking the trash out. And you notice this car coming down the street at a high rate of speed. You know, he's doing like 50, 60 miles an hour in a residential area. And as he passed by, you notice it was a you know black four-door car. Uh, since it was nighttime, couldn't tell if it was a dark blue or black or whatever. But you wrote down the license plate number. For whatever reason, maybe it stood out to you. Vanity plate or whatever. And then the next day you hear about this murder taking place. And, you know, you... Called up, so I don't know if it means anything, but I seen this car. You know, we live like you know two streets over, and uh, from where that happened, about the same time that you guys say that happened, I seen this car speeding down the street, and this is the license plate number. Now they, through their investigation, they charge this person. They need to establish probable cause and prove to the judge and the jury why they focused on this guy. Now, they may have DNA that put them at the crime scene. They may have, uh, you know, other things. But they're going to call you to give testimony that you put him in that location at that time. Now, you didn't see the murder. You don't know anything about the guy. You don't know about his family. You don't know his background. The only thing you can be a witness to is... I was taking out my trash. I seen this car. It caught my attention because he was driving way faster in our neighborhood than is normal. I stood there and watched him go by. And I seen the vanity plate and this is what it said. That's the only thing you can give witness to. And that's all the prosecution wants you to witness about. Amen. If you start making stuff up, yeah, I seen him go by and he was waving this bloody knife in the window. Now, you didn't see that. So if you said that, now the prosecution comes and says, he was shot, he wasn't stabbed, and your entire testimony could be cast aside and you are rendered as a false witness. So only give testimony to things that you know about. Amen? That's all that you're required to do. We are witnesses of the things he did. That's all the apostles talked about. Amen? We are on the subject 
of your covenant right to prosperity. Last week we we studied out it is your covenant right. This week I want to focus on why God wants you to prosper. It is not just so you can sit back and watch TV and watch football and watch soccer and hockey and basketball and all those other things on TV 18 hours a day with no pain. It is not so you can go and buy a bigger house, a fancier car, a luxury yacht. It is not so you can put your kids into the best Ivy League college. The reason God wants you to prosper is so the gospel can be spread even farther. We covered last time, you're either called to go, called to help those that go, or called to send those that go. If you're called to go, you are the one called to go to Africa, to India, to Pakistan, or wherever. And preach the gospel to those people. The full gospel. Not just salvation. If you walk into a Muslim country, you start preaching about salvation in Jesus alone, they're not going to listen to you. A good friend of mine, Dr. Will Patton, he goes in and he preaches about how his God and Jesus will perform miracles and things like that and demonstrates the power of God in conducting healings which opens up the hearts of these Muslim people to receive what? Now they receive the gospel of the healing, the gospel of a miracle working God. They are now open to receive the gospel of salvation. Amen. Glory to God. The same thing Jesus did when he was in the earth. He would use healings to make people receptive to what he was trying to teach them. That the Messiah was there if they could receive it. And it says thousands of people believed on him. Hundreds of people followed him wherever he went. Some people think that prosperity is a bad thing. Prosperity is needed to get the word out. It takes money to preach the gospel. It takes money to operate a church. It takes money to be on television. It takes money to be on the radio. It takes money to be on internet radio. Amen. And it takes money to go to foreign nations and preach the gospel. It takes money to go to the inner city and preach the gospel. It takes money to do what God is telling each preacher to do. Some people have million dollar budgets. Some people have the tens of thousands of dollars budget. The budget amount does not matter. The calling is what matters. Where God calls, he provides. If your only calling is to help feed the homeless at a soup kitchen, you don't need a million dollar budget. Now, what happens if God blesses you with a million dollars? Boy, you could feed a lot of people. Amen? But instead, what you see is people say, well, I don't need to go down to the soup kitchen anymore. After all, I'm, I am a millionaire. And they start getting stuck up, and then they're not, they not doing what God's called them to do. Therefore, people go to hell because they're not doing what they're called to do. That's why you hear so many churches, so many Christians, preach against prosperity. 
Oh, you know, Brother Bob, you know, love of money, that's the root of all evil. Yes, it is. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is what's evil. Money is a tool to be used to get the word of God out. It costs money to produce tracts. If your only calling is to stand on a street corner and pass out tracts, somebody has to give you the tracts to pass out. Somebody has to print the tracts to pass out. Somebody has to make the prints to, tra to pass out the tracts. Amen. There are people all through that process whose livelihood is dependent on making those tracks that you can pass out that will get people born again. Each person in that chain has a process and prosperity allows that whole chain to be blessed. Amen. But you get some people that talk about, oh, I don't need much, brother. I really, you know, I, I think prosperity had ruined me. I think, you know, if I was rich, that that just ruined me. So I'm okay with just my little bit. You know, as long as my needs are met, I'm fine. And they think they're being humble. But I got, got news for you. That's not being humble. That's being selfish. And it's a sin to be selfish. Because you're focused only on you and only on your family and only what your needs are. If your budget is a thousand dollars a month or whatever, you know, a couple grand a month and I'm happy, brother Bob, I don't need much. Well, if God blesses you with a million dollars, keep your couple thousand dollars a month and give the rest to God. Put it to work in ministries. You realize how many ministries you could support? With a million dollars a month minus two thousand dollars? Amen. But see, God doesn't want his people poor. Turn with me to Matthew chapter six. You know, here is what we're talking about. Here is we get ready to close in today's broadcast. Verse twenty four. No man can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I say to you, who's doing the talking here? Jesus, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear for your body, what you're going to put on. Isn't life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Why do you worry about raiment? Look at the lilies in the field, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't make their own clothes, they don't spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed like any of these. Therefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and is tomorrow burned in the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying... Now that's an important concept right there. The devil will try and put this on you. Oh, you know, he's just one of them prosperity preachers. Be careful there. You shouldn't listen to him. Go ahead and turn it off right now. And then you say, yeah, it's all that same stuff. And you turn it off. You said what the devil wants you to say. If the devil is planning poverty thoughts into your mind, don't take them by saying, what are we going to eat, Myrtle? 
What are we going to have to drink, Myrtle? What are we going to be with clothes with? How are we going to buy clothes for the kids? We are so poor. Because after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. He just got done showing you about the birds of the air and the flowers in the field, how God takes care of them. And he says, God knows you need things. God knows you have needs. Amen. God knows what you need. Now, some of you, some of us, I should say, live beyond our means. That's what puts financial pressure on us, especially here in the West. Over in Africa, to an African, poor African out in the bush, you go out there, and as we studied last time about the blood covenant and all that, you preach that to him, he understands more than an American will what the blood covenant means. He's used to blood covenants with chickens and goats and things like that. And here he, some preacher comes along and tells him that God shed his blood in covenant so he can be blessed and saved and healed. And then you come along and then he gets born again. He gets so excited because he's in covenant with God. And then you, you he gets baptized and all that. And then you share with him that it's God's will for him to prosper. Oh, when you finally peel him off the roof, prosperity to him does not mean living in a mansion, driving a nice car. To him, prosperity means his land isn't going to be barren anymore and he'll have enough food to feed his family. To him, it doesn't mean that, that his village doesn't have water. To him, prosperity means he's able to provide water to his village. Amen. That's prosperity in his mind. So you can't say, you can't preach that prosperity gospel over there. They're too poor to know it. You know, if the average living wage in one of these nations is, you know, for a year might be 30 bucks a year. So if he gets $100 a year, do you think he's prosperous in that environment? Yeah, he is. Do you think that'll get the attention of other people? Yeah. A hundred bucks a year. Even a thousand dollars a year. Boy, he'll be living high on the hog. Amen. And then he gets to share the gospel with others too. That's the type of wealth. That's why I'm talking about wealth. Prosperity and wealth tied together there. That type of wealth is what you can use your prosperity for here in America. How many people can you fund the budget for a pastor... In an environment and a culture where, you know, a hundred bucks a year is standard living, and you give him a hundred dollars a month. Amen. Those people in that culture will look up to him, and he gets to share the gospel. Amen. So here Jesus says in verse 33, what we are supposed to do, because God knows we have needs that need to be met. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough problems of its own. 
Sufficient on today is the evil thereof. There's enough problems going on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is his righteousness that you need to seek? The calling he has on your life. If your calling in life is to be a janitor, then you ought to be the absolute best janitor that you could, op you could be. And guess what? God's grace and his favor and his blessing will be there. And you will be blessed as probably one of the highest paid janitors in that area. And you will be blessed financially. Your, your bank accounts will be blessed. And you can give that money away. You see, it all comes back to giving. It all comes back to what you do with the blessing. Mark chapter 4, Jesus described four different types of ground. One of the types produced a harvest. Amen? Verse 19, we look at number 3. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Not the lust of the money that you had in your hand, but of other things that that money could buy for you. Choke the word. And it became unfruitful. Amen. You let the devil steal the word out of your heart. You hear the word, get all excited, and you run home, and you you, know, you sow a, a, a huge what for you is a huge offering into the ministry, knowing God's going to bless you, and your miracle doesn't come by sundown or by Wednesday night. And the devil steals the word out of your heart. So next time the offering plate comes around, you're like, nah, I, I, I tried that. That's the problem. You tried it. You didn't live it. And now you're thinking, you know, after, if I, if I just give you, you know, $10 instead of the $100 a week, that's $400 a month. That's $4,800. That's a vacation for my family. The lust of other things just choke the word. It's not going to work. But if you sow good seed into good ground, Jesus says, these are they that hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Not just fruit of money. Bring forth kingdom fruit, which are souls in the kingdom of heaven. 30, 60, and 100 fold. That is kingdom fruit. That is seeking God first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and serving him with your prosperity. That's the reason for prosperity. That's the reason God wants you to prosper. Amen. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, this is your day, this is your hour. Because I have good news for you. Jesus died and spilled his blood so you could enter into blood covenant with God and start living what you just heard. Pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my sinful life, my sinful past. For while I was yet a sinner, you loved me and gave Jesus for me. I accept your sacrifice in my behalf. Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. Lead me in the path of this life that I might serve you. Lord, bless me so I can be a blessing. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now it's time to put faith where your heart is. Go to our website at ftfm.org. Right on the front page, you'll see that Donate tab. I'm asking you to donate, even if it's just $10 a month. It doesn't have to be a huge amount. But for everyone who sows at least $10 a month, you can sign up for that subscription tab right there. I have a book coming out in the next month or so, from the date of this recording in January 2015, called Blind Faith, that I will sign and send to you, absolutely free of charge, if you'll sign up for a $10 a month reoccurring gift. Amen. That's what I want to sow into your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Till next time, this is Pastor Robert Tibber reminding you, God loves you and we love you. And greater is he who lives in you now than he that's in this earth. Be blessed, folks, in all that you do. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.